And um, as, as we know, we're going to see where they were proclaiming Hosanna, Hosanna. And the word Hosanna means to save. It deals with salvation. What we sang earlier today was hallelujah, which is a term endearment of praise. So there's praise is hallelujah. Hosanna means salvation and to save. And this is what it's, it's talking about. Palm Sunday is Jesus' triumphal entry in Mark 11, 1 through 10, begins with this. It says, as they approached Jerusalem they, and came to Bethany, and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, it says, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And he tells them, if anyone asks you, why are you doing this, tell them, the Lord needs it and will send it back shortly. How many of you, what I mentioned earlier, how many of you see that he already knew what they were going to see? He already knew someone was going to ask them what they're doing. See, God knows your tomorrow. We don't know our tomorrow. God's already working in your tomorrow. And he says this, verse 4, They went and found the coat outside in the street tied at the doorway. As they untied it, here we go, some people standing there said, what are you doing untying that coat? But notice verse 6, it says, they answered how? As Jesus had told them to. And the people let them go. Can I tell you something? When you do what God's word says to do, you'll find favor in this world. You'll find favor with people. You know, it, you know, some of us may have been untying that coat and then they would say, hey, what are you doing? Take off with it. You know, we got him. We got him. But they, they listened and Jesus says, you tell them it's for me. And God gave them favor with those people. Then verse uh, 7 says, when they brought the colt to Jesus, they threw their uh, cloaks over it. He sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead uh, and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, which again means save, salvation. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. How many of you know that was such a great welcome to him? But how many of you know it didn't last long? It didn't last long. And... I'm not really focusing today on that part of Palm Sunday. I want to go a little bit further because I want to deal, deal with how Jesus overcame and the stresses of life. And I, we're going to look at two people today, Jesus and Peter. We're going to compare their actions. Now, Peter, if you read through Acts and all these things, done mighty work through God. But he fell short on this attempt. And we're going to see what Jesus did and what Peter did to differ, differentiate where Jesus was able to overcome. And Peter ended up betraying Jesus, saying, no, I don't know. So through this week, before uh, uh, Good Friday, before Jesus was, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I, I almost hate saying Good Friday. It was good for us, but it was terrible for him. When he was handed over. I went through a cross, but several things happened in that week, and I'm just going to 
touch on a few of them. He cleared, this is when Jesus goes in the temple and they're selling. Uh, the next day he went into the temple, they're selling all kinds of things, ripping people off. He clears the temple and he says, my house is a house of what? Prayer. Then we see that he, they're walking by, they see the withered fig tree where he had cursed that because it wasn't producing fruit and says, you know, that, you know, each tree should produce fruit. Then he, he also talks about, was asked about the greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment? Which is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is just like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he, other things that happened was he was anointed in Bethany. Remember, he, he's anointed, and his partner Judas said, Oh, why waste all that oil? Why wa It could have been sold to help out many people. But how many of you know Judas didn't want to help out other people? He wanted to help out himself. You see, you could put on an act in front of other people. You could act holy, but only be looking out for yourself. And that's what Judas was. It was all about him. Then they had the Lord's Supper. And finally, Jesus predicts Peter's denial of him. So I want to look at overcoming the stresses of life, going through trials in life. We're going to look at the difference between Jesus and uh, Peter. And again, this happens, what we're going to talk about is the Garden of Gethsemane. So... Mark chapter 14, you can go to Mark chapter 14, verse 32 says this. They, now, just to let a few of you know, the Garden of Gethsemane, right at the end of Jesus praying, is where Judas betrays him and he arrests him. So Jesus knew what was about to take place, okay? And so he goes there. Mark 14, 32 says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. Now, we're just going to focus on the word Gethsemane right now. It's a, it's a combination of two words. The first word is geth, G-E-T-H, which means to press. Uh, the root word of it is pressure and stress. To, how many of you know Satan's good at geth? He pressures and makes your life go through stress. And Jesus was getting ready to go through the cross. And again, you know, just as I was talking about earlier, there's so much meanings in everything in the Bible. Like the Hebron. Was it just coincidence they were going to Hebron to enter into the promised land? No, Hebron stands for the, the unity. Is it any coincidence he went to the Garden of Gethsemane? It's depressing. It's, it's the, the, the weight of this world thing. It's, so it says Geth is to press and to things. And in our geth experiences is sometimes when we feel overwhelmed. We feel like giving up. We feel like throwing in the towel. It's beyond what we can endure. But then the second half of this word is shimon, which means oil, perfume, anointing, or fruitfulness. Now think about this. The first part stinks. The first part is the pressure. The first part is the weight of this world on your life. But the second part is the oil and the anointing. How many of you know we all want God just to pour his anointing over us and pour his oil? But we don't want the get. We all want to... Uh, 
avoid the get, but sometimes God uses the get to get the anointing out of you. You see, it's, it's only in the get, when I'm in a situation that is beyond my natural control, is that I'm going to turn my whole life over to God and say, God, this is beyond me. I need your anointing on my life. You see, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, they used to have like rock, a big rock, and they would have a roller, and they'd put those olives there, and they'd smash and crush. And the oil would never come out until it was crushed. Sometimes God has to use. I'm not saying God calls it. God uses the get experiences in our life to bring the oil and the good. God uses, for the Lord works, everything works for the good. God could even use the get in your life, the squeezing, to bring something good out, to bring fruitfulness out, to bring the anointing out in your life. Gethsemane is where we truly allow him to take our life over. So number one is the key to victory. Prayer is the key to victory. Prayer is the key to victory. Now let's still focusing on, on Peter and Jesus, okay? And, and this thing. Watch what happens. Again, verse 32, 1432. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I go pray. You'll find two people in Gethsemane, two types of people. People that pray and people that sit. Jesus went to what? Pray. What did Peter do? He sat. Jesus knew what was coming. And he tried to warn Peter. He did. You remember? And you could go back a few, few verses. What was the denial of Peter? Where Jesus says, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And Peter said, no, there ain't no way. Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. And he rebukes Jesus. He says, man, you're crazy. They were about to enter their get experience. One's praise, the other just sits. Sometimes Gethsemane drives us to prayer. Reality is it drives us, most of us to pray. We could be honest. How many of you pray a lot more when you're in a bad situation than when everything's fine? The rest of you are lying. We all do. In your most desperate situation, you cry out to God with more fever and, and passion than you do when everything's going great. You see, sometimes it takes us to go through a get to touch God. You know, so, and, and again, the, the people who sit in the get is they start going through trouble and they just start calling people, hey, can you pray for them? Yeah, Jesus, take care of those prayers and, hey, uh, can you pray for this? 
but they don't pray themselves. They want other people to pray, but they don't pray themselves. They're sitters and not prayers. You see, it's through prayer where we transfer our situation from the soulish realm that we're operating in and placing it in God's hand in the spiritual realm. It's where we go from the stress of this world to the power of his spirit where his anointing can come through. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll close with this. <laughs> so Jesus tells them, sit here and pray a while. The second thing we see is the weakness of the soul. The weakness of the soul. The soul is the spirit... Uh, is, uh, Mind, will, and emotions of a person. Notice what it says here. Verse 33. He took who? Peter. So remember Peter. James and John along with him. And he began. Notice what this says. Now, now this begins to talk about Jesus. Do you know Jesus had a soul? He was just as human as you were. Still God, but all human. He had his own desires that would, you know, when he went on the cross, he actually felt the pain. The worst pain that Jesus suffered, though, was the weight of my sin upon him. Because he was, he who knew no sin became sin. So it's not only what he faced physically, he knew that that sin that brings separation from the Father would be placed on him. Watch the weakness of the soul. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he, Jesus, began to be what? Deeply distressed and troubled. And he makes this statement. My what? Soul is what? overwhelmed with sorrow look at this next statement to the point of death my my mind my will and my emotions knowing what i'm going through i am my soulish man is overwhelmed to the point of i don't even want to live he wasn't talking when he said to the point of death he wasn't talking about the cross part he says, I'm facing an unbearable thing. And in those get moments in our life, our soul becomes overwhelmed to the point of death. It is we fall into depression and all kind of things, anxiety. All this happens in that moment to the soul. Is this making sense to you? He says, my soul is overwhelmed to the with, with sorrow to the point of death. And then he said to them, stay here and keep watch with me. But I want you to jump back up to Mark 14.33 again. He took, how many of you know Jesus was our perfect example for everything? He took three men with him. He took James 
Peter, James, and John along with him. Do you realize even Jesus didn't try and do life alone? Even Jesus says, I need to surround myself with other believers. Right? Jesus didn't want to cut him. If anybody could have survived alone, it would have been him. But he even took three with him. Because he says, I don't want to be, do life alone. I need you guys here to help me and support me and pray with me. But how many of you know they let him down? Do you think that caught him by surprise or he knew that would happen? He knew it would happen. He, he, he told Peter about his denial. But he's setting our example. And this is what I want you to understand is don't place so much emphasis on people and expect more from people than you're expecting from God. So, you know, sometimes people go away from God. Oh, this person hurt me. Well, take your eyes off that person and put your eyes on God. People will hurt you. And guess what? You hurt other people, whether you know it or not. We all do. We may not know it, but I guarantee you if we take a survey, we will find somebody that you hurt. So we are not meant to do life alone, but you have to realize people are human. They are just like you, just like me. We let people down. People let us down. So he took <coughs> Peter, James, and Don along. He says, and my soul is overwhelmed and with sorrow to the point of death. Then Mark 14, 35 says, going a little further, he fell to the ground. This is Jesus, fell to the ground and prayed. Notice what he prays here. And can I tell you, this prayer was from his soulish man right here, this part. He said what? Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed, if it is possible, the hour might pass from him. If it is possible. Father, if it's possible, I don't want to do this. See, that was part of his overwhelming soul and man. He didn't want to face it. He, it was overwhelming. But notice what happens. Number three is the power of the spirit. When we transition from the soulish man to the spirit man, when we lay our prayers of the soul to God, it changes our life. Verse uh, 36, then he says this, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Now listen to how he's praying. Everything's possible for you, God, so surely this could be possible. Take this cup from me. And at that moment, he had a spiritual breakthrough. Notice how his prayer changed. Yet, not my will. Not what my soul wants. Father, I'm going from my soul to my spirit man. Not my will, but thine be done. That's where that period is. Take this cup from me right there. He had a spiritual breakthrough in his prayer life. 
and the God of all comfort will comfort you and give you peace. Pray about all things in every situation. Wait, where's Peter? Still sitting over there. Jesus just had a spiritual breakthrough for about what he's about to go through. Peter's about to go through a major test, a Gethsemane test in his life, but yet he's sitting and sleeping. Verse 37, then he returned to his disciples and found them what? That's my boys. Yeah, I'm so glad I brought y'all. Woo! What's the very next word? Simon, he said to who? Do you notice he called Peter by his old name? Again, Peter may not have caught it, but Peter, you're about to fall. Simon, you can't just sit around. You can't sit and sleep. You better get into your prayer room. Because you're not going to be able to overcome being Simon. You better be Peter, who's going to perform all these miracles for God. He said, Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? And then he tells him, couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Verse 39 says this. Once more, he went away and done what? Prayed, but what? The same thing. See, don't let people tell you, oh, if you pray about the same thing more than once, you don't have faith. Sorry to tell you this. That's what some people say. If you have faith, you, it's it. But we see Jesus going back and praying the same thing. You know why? Because it was still a struggle. He has a breakthrough, but it's still that struggle. So you keep bringing it before the Lord. When the soul man starts to get drained, you have to plug back into the spirit and recharge. It says he went back and, and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found his buddies sleeping. Because their eyes were heavy, they did not know what to say to him. See, he had already came back and busted them. <laughs> you know, hey, what y'all doing? He comes back and they got the pillow head, uh, their hair sticking up, and they're looking and they were. How it says they did not know what to say to him, I believe that means they knew what they were doing was not what they should have been doing. But sometimes we get too tired and we just sit instead of pray. So they did not know what to say to him. Verse 41, returning a third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? 
And he says this, enough. The hour has come. What hour? Remember when we, in our offering thing, when the day of evil comes? He's saying, guys, you missed it. Your time to prepare for this, for your get experience that you're about to get, Peter, when they're going to be pressuring you and asking you if you know me, you're not ready for because you were sleeping instead of praying. And when you're going to be pressed, you know what's going to come out? Your soul response. No, I don't know him. Never seen this God before. Think about that. Your get experience is when the weight of the world is on you. God sometimes wants to squeeze that anointing out of you when you go to him in prayer. Can I say something too? Talking about a situation is not praying about the situation. Oh, let me call Tonton Nana and tell her about this. Let me send a group text and tell him. That's not prayer. Praying about it. it says enough, the, and the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. The day of evil has come. And he says, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And my question to you today is, are you ready for your get experience? It's coming. It's coming. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But it's clear the way we overcome that is in advance, going into our prayer room and praying about every situation. That our soul, we realize how weak our soul is. We transfer it into the spirit for God to move in our life. Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we close in prayer. I'd ask the musicians to come up, but I don't know what happened. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Father, we just come to you today. And Father, I just pray if there's anyone that never accepted you as Lord and Savior, that today be the day that, that they would do that. Father, that they realize how much we need a Savior. So if you've never done that, I just ask that you just repeat this prayer with me. Those watching online, you could do that also. And everyone in here, just let's say together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today, and I thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I know I fall short in many areas of my life, but all my sin was cast upon Jesus, and he carried them away. I invite Christ into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life from this day forward. Amen. And as before we leave, I just want to pray that, Father, I just pray for each and every person here today. Father God, that we could see the significance of Jesus' Gethsemane experience, Father God. And we, we realize we no longer just want to sit on the sidelines, Father God, but that we, the way we overcome the things of this world is getting on our face in prayer to you, Father. 
So, Father, we pray right now that not our will be done in our lives, but thy will be done in our lives. We thank you for that right now. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Just to let you know, uh, Wednesday night we will be going back into the book of Ephesians chapter 6, I think we're in right now, and continuing that study. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday, so come on out for that.